Amen. Well, that is true. Amen. Did everybody receive an outline today? Outline that says character matters. All right. I gave you that outline because I want you to be able to follow along. I'm going to be going through several passages of Scripture. Those of you that are joining us online, I want to welcome you as well. And just know that uh, you may need to just write some of these down because I'm going to go through some of them fairly quickly. Um, But we're going to focus first and foremost in Matthew chapter 7, and then I'm going to give you some scriptures throughout uh, Proverbs, Psalms, various various places. Um, I want to open up with verse 13 out of Matthew chapter 7. I've titled this message today, Character Matters. Say that with me, Character Matters. We're told here, and these are the words of Christ, Jesus said this. He said, enter by the narrow gate. Everybody say narrow. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. How many have ever been called narrow-minded? Thank the person that accuses you of that. Just say thank you. For the gate is small and the way is narrow. Say narrow. That leads to life. And few are those who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Jesus even tells us who to beware of. He told us there are false prophets in the world. He said they're clothed like sheep, but they're really wolves. He goes on and he says in verse 16, You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits." How do you know if someone's a Christian? By what they do. By their fruit. In the back of our property is a wall, and behind that wall are fruit trees. And they have these little round orange things dangling off of them. And I think those apples are so awesome to look at. Hold, wait just a minute. Are those not apples? How do you know it's an orange? Because it's an orange tree. And orange trees do not produce apples. They do not produce bananas. They do not produce avocados. They produce oranges. 
Also, the life of a Christian is to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, what I want to talk about today is character. Say it with me, character. And I want to talk about how it matters. You see, the people of God should be people of character. They should be people of integrity. Leaders should be people of good character. Christians should be people of integrity. And as I look around today, I I see so much lack in the area of character and integrity. May I just remind you that the real you is the person you are when no one is watching. And as God's people, we should seek to clothe ourselves with the character of God. Amen. I I think we've got to look long and hard at this subject today in 2022. Can I get an amen? See, when Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins... I want to remind you that he also came not just to die on the cross for our sins, but he came to show us how to live. And in his very first sermon, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount, he gave us what has come to be known as the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who do. Blessed are those who do. Blessed are others who do. And a person of integrity is validated by their words and their deeds. And our deeds should follow our words. If we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. If we say we're a Christian, we should act like it. I love what Steve Hill used to say in the Brownsville Revival. He would actually confront people and say, if you say you're a Christian and you do things that Jesus would never do, you either need to change your name or change your ways. And if you never saw Steve Hill, go online and check out his messages. He never beat around the bush when he talked about how we were to live our life for God. Integrity is making our daily actions line up with our heart's values. Did you guys know that a Christian is called to value integrity? That we are called to be people of high moral character. Jesus was, amen? Jesus was a man of high moral character. Now let's be real. No one will change unless they understand the value of change. You see, few people will pay the price for an item in a store unless they are in agreement that the item in that store is worth the price. And I want you to imagine going into a store, which is probably not going to be too very long until we can probably see this when we have to imagine it anymore, but 
I want you to imagine with me going into a store to buy a box of cereal and paying $7 for a box of Fruit Loops. I hope I didn't step out on anybody's toes right there. But to me, a box of Fruit Loops are not worth $7 because I believe a cereal made up mostly of sugar has only so much value. But now let's consider a personal computer. You know, on the outside, almost every single one of them looked the same. But some of them cost quite a bit more than the others that look a lot the same. What's the difference? Well, the difference is what's on the inside. Say, it's what's on the inside that counts. You see, integrity is not a sweet dessert being passed off as a meal. Integrity is a lot like that computer. What's on the inside is what counts, and what's on the inside needs to make it on the outside. Another way for, uh, to, to define character is the word integrity. Integrity is honesty. How many remember who this reference refers to? Honest Abe. Who am I talking about? Abraham Lincoln. Isn't that amazing? We all know him as Honest Abe. You see, he was called that because he lived that. And after I had had this message done, the Lord, he just spoke another little tidbit, and I I wrote it down on, on a little sticky note. You want me to read my sticky note? I loved this. This was kind of a this was kind of a dessert on the end of the message. He told me, he said, integrity has to be maintained. How many of you like driving your car? How many know there's there's a point in time though you're gonna have to change the oil in that car, you're gonna have to change the oil filter in that car, you're gonna have to change the air filter in that car, you're gonna have to air up the tires on that car, you're gonna have to have stuff done to the car in order for it to keep on going. And integrity has to be maintained, and here's how that happens. Boy, listen to me like you got four ears on your head. Here's how that happens. As time changes and people change and societies change, you don't let your character flinch an inch. You maintain it. They call you old school, you maintain it. Compliment. Just tell them that's a compliment. I like old school. I like old-fashioned. How many ever had old-fashioned molasses cookies? Old-fashioned. Don't give me this new stuff. Those aren't molasses cookies. Those are sugar. You don't have a bit, of, you don't have a lick of molasses in those. Get them, get them away. Amen? Linda knows how to make molasses cookies. You stand firm for God's truth. 
You remain rooted. I loved that. You remain rooted in integrity. I'm going to give you four things about what integrity will provide because it is a good provider. Are you ready? Now, a lot of these I've put my scriptures on my paper, but they're also going to be here for you because I'm going to go through these rather quickly. Now, they're also on your outline, but there's some fill-in-the-blanks here. Integrity provides you with protection. Say protection. Now, beside that, write out in, in parentheses, less fear. If you're going to walk in integrity, I'll guarantee you, you're going to walk in less fear. You've got less to fear because you're walking in integrity. In Psalm chapter 25 and verse 21 The Bible says, may integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me. Why? Because my hope is in you, Lord. Mark Twain said this. He said, speaking honestly is better. It takes a lot of stress out of our lives. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. But if you don't tell the truth, you have to remember everything you said. When you have integrity, you have protection. You have less fear and you have less stress because you don't have to look over your shoulder all the time. You're not afraid of the police because you're not a liar. You don't have to be afraid of mom and dad because you're not a liar. You don't have to be afraid of the government because you're not a liar. Number two, not only does integrity protect you with protection or provide you protection, number two, it provides you with security. Put out beside that, greater confidence. See, if you're secure, if you're financially secure, you have a greater security that you're secure, right? You've got enough to take care of business, to take care of the things that might come up. The Bible says this in Proverbs 10, 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who takes crooked paths oh, listen to this, will be found out. You can be confident that what you do is right and that it will prosper. Though let me tell you this, it may not prosper financially at times, but it will always prosper spiritually. If you walk with integrity, you don't have to worry about having a shaky foundation, whatever you do. It provides a firm foundation. Number three, integrity provides you with guidance. Say guidance. Now put out beside that, better decision. How many of you ever made stupid decisions? Integrity will help you make good decisions. Look at Proverbs 11.3. The integrity of the upright will guide them. But the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. In a society without moral absolutes, anything goes. And we're watching it. We're seeing it. We're living it. When people can choose what's right and wrong without having a standard, how do you decide which way to go? Eventually, you get caught in your own duplicity. 
It'll come back to bite you. But if you will live in integrity, then your decisions, they're simple to make because your integrity guides you. Amen? If you find something that's not yours, you don't pocket it. You find out who it belongs to. Just thought I'd tell you that. Number four, integrity provides you with hope. Now, let me go through the four again. It provides you with protection, less fear. It provides you with security, greater confidence. It provides you with guidance, better decision. And it provides you with hope. Here's this one, future reward. Do you know what? Right now, you may not get rewarded this side of heaven. Job says this in Job 4, 6. Is not your fear of God, your confidence, and the integrity of your ways, your hope? You see, integrity provides you with hope. Hope for what? Well, hope that someday when you stand before God, you won't be ashamed of how you lived or what he's going to say to you. That he's going to look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Hope that we're going to be commended and not rebuked for our lifestyle and the testimony that we had while we live. So guess what we got to do today? How many of you know there's a test for every one of you today? Here it is. We have to examine ourselves and then model integrity. And if we're not ma- making the mark, we need to step up to the plate. And we need to take whatever we need to do to write it. So, how do we do it? How can we become people of integrity? What can we do? What do we need to change in our life so that we will experience the benefits of integrity that we've just seen and the blessing of God? How many how many you want to be blessed by God? Well, number one, on your outline, the second number one. The first four, by the way, on this outline was to show you what integrity will give you. The second four will show shows you what you need to do. Number one, ask God to test your heart. Ask God to test your heart. And I got a question for you today. How many in this room you've ever had an EKG? Okay. What is the purpose of an EKG? It's to help the doctor find potential problems and to help diagnose future problems in your heart. Right? It's a test of the condition of your heart. Now, that physical testing of the heart is what God needs to do in a spiritual sense with us. He needs to come in and find out the condition of your heart and fix it 
before major problems take over. And this needs to happen all over the body of Christ today, church, I'm here to say. Look at 1 Chronicles 29 in just the first part of verse 17. It says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. Isn't it interesting that that's what's there? Isn't it interesting that when God tests the heart, the next thing that the Word of God says is that he is pleased with integrity, character. See, character matters. Say it again. See, God is pleased with integrity, and he examines the heart to see if a person is full of integrity or full of themselves. How many Christians do you know, they're full of themselves? Man, we have an epidemic. And if you're on Facebook, I'm not coming against you. I'm not saying any of that. But there is an epidemic of people full of themselves. How many have ever, I call it Facebook. Facebook, I call it fake book. Because the thing you see is the positive. Nobody's telling you about the bad stuff. Just the good stuff. And quite frankly, a lot of times, there's a lot of things that people, they're full of themselves. But God wants us to be full of him, full of integrity, full of the power of God. What you believe in your heart will determine how you act when placed in a tempting situation. Can I give you an illustration? This was the headlines of the Daily Herald in Chicago on the date February 20, 1996. The article was titled, Fairy Tale Princess Story Turns Sour After Newlyweds Lose Money. What happened is a newlywed couple had a, left a black zippered case on the roof of their car as they sped away from the reception to begin their honeymoon. And that case had all their wedding money that they had been gifted in it to the tune of $12,000 in 1996 in cash. Now, by the time they reached their destination, does anybody have an idea what happened? The cash is gone. The bag is gone. Well, two days later, the newspaper, the same newspaper that just put that headline up, carried a headline to this story that was related. And it said this, Finders keepers? Not all believe it. The continuation of the story was that David Yee, an unemployed suburban resident, had come upon a black bag with $12,000 in cash. Now, in spite of his mounting bills... In spite of his jobless state, he did not keep the money. Tracking the couple down, he returned the full amount. And when he was asked why he turned it all in, he said, because it doesn't matter whether it's $50, $100, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,000, $1,
$1,000 or a million. It doesn't belong to you. And upon investigation, further, the media discovered that David Yee, acting as a good Samaritan, was consistent with his overall character because they also found that he had also found $50 the year before and turned that in as well. This guy had a habit of it. When offered jobs because of the exposure he received, this is what he would do. He said, I can only consider jobs that I'm qualified for because I feel accepting a managerial position for which I am unequipped would be dishonest. I'd call that a man of integrity. You'll only be characterized by integrity if you prove to demonstrate it. And that means having the right things in your heart. Why did those things come out of his mouth? Why were those the actions that he lived? Because that was what was in his heart. You see, the fact is, integrity begins in our hearts. And we've got to ask God. That's why I said we've all got to ask God, examine my heart. That's what David did. He said, Lord, examine me. Know my inward thoughts. Look at this in Psalm 26 too. Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart. So now, how does God show us what's questionable and also what is characteristic of integrity? Well, one way is through His Word. Everybody say the Bible. That's why this next point is so important. Number two, fill in the blank is study to know what is true. We've got a whole generation that don't even know what truth is. They think it's subjective. They think it's, uh, well, this is my truth. I don't know. You can't do that with truth. Truth is truth whether you believe it, whether you live it, or whether you don't. And false is false whether you try to make it true or not. You see, throughout the Bible, you will find the words honesty, purity, truth, upright, complete. All of them are translated from the same words meaning integrity. Say it again. Integrity. They're all synonymous. So church, if we are going to live lives of integrity, we must know what integrity looks like. That comes from spending time in the book, the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15 says, Study to show yourself approved. Somebody say, myself. A workman. Whoa, 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 what? Wait, I've got to work as a Christian? Yeah, you need to be a worker of the word. You need to be a workman, notice this, that needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if you take the time to read and study the Bible, and apply the truths that you read to your life, then you can live a life of integrity. Why? Because the Bible is the only standard for living that is true and unchanging. Look around at our world today at all the craziness of what is being believed 
One of the reasons we have discipleship class is to study the Word of God. I'm called to make disciples. That's my calling. Not just, uh, not just somebody that is a Christian, but somebody that is a disciple. Do you know what a disciple is? They're not just somebody who's accepted Christ. They are somebody who is a loyal, learning follower. They're learning. Church, guess what? I keep on learning. I got saved when I was nine. I'm almost, well, I'm going to turn 50 plus that. I'm just a young pup. But I've been learning for 50 years. And there's still so much in there. The book of Revelation will prove that to you. Amen? We believe with all of our heart that the Bible has the answers to life's tough questions. It has the power for our difficult times that we live in today in 2022. And it has the practical truth, say that, practical truths, that can make us successful in this life. You see, you will never come to stability in your life if you fail to spend time studying the Bible. If you see an unstable person, I will guarantee you they're not in the book. They're not in the book. And the book isn't in them. You'll be like a boat tossed about on every storm of life that comes your way. Church, listen, God did not promise us an easy life. And I'm going to repeat this again. God does not call us as people of God into easy places to do easy things. Life is hard. Life is filled with pain. Life is filled with deception by the devil. Life is filled with stuff that is hurtful. But Jesus said, that's what the thief came to do, is to steal, to kill, to destroy. But even in the midst of all the killing and the the stealing and the destroying, Jesus said, I came to give you life. And to give you life that's more abundant. you you, You can still have joy in the midst of the pain. I need to take a drink. Amen. Look at Ephesians 4.14. You getting something out of this? Paul tells the Ephesians in chapter 4, he says, As a result, we are no longer to be children. Everybody say this out loud. Grow up. Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, 
by the trickery of men and by the craftiness in deceitful scheming. You see, living the Christian life without studying the Bible is like trying to fix a car without being taught. You're just going to mess it up. Doesn't work, period. How many of you want somebody working on your car that's never been trained? Of course not. Number two, study to know what is true. Number three, apply God's Word. Everybody say God's Word to your daily activities and work. You see, walking in integrity means integrating all of what God's Word's saying into your daily activities. You see, here's the thing. A lot of us know more than we do. A lot of God's people know more than they do. There's more knowledge than uh, action sometimes. Amen? I'm not here to make anybody, you know, feel uncomfortable or anything. I'm just saying that James says it this way, James 1.22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. See, this is what James is saying. He's like, you know, you can hear the Word of God, listen to it, but if that's all you do, you'll deceive yourself because you will think by listening to it, you're doing it. But how many of you know you can know about forgiving somebody, but if you never forgive somebody, your knowledge of forgiving them won't work for you. You have to forgive. So, What I'm saying, I'm going to say it this way. Education without application is abortion. You've actually just taken that education, that word of God, and aborted it because you don't do it. Don't merely listen to the word because you're deceiving yourself. You've got to do what it says. It's like a Texas man who needed some dry cleaning done quickly before he left on on a trip out of town. And he remembered a store with a huge sign over it, and it said, one-hour dry cleaners. And so he drives all the way over on the other side of town to drop off his suit at the one-hour dry cleaners. And after he filled out the tag, he tells the clerk, now I need this in an hour. And she replied, well, I can't get this back to you till next Thursday. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? And then he said, well, I, I thought you did dry cleaning in one hour. And she replied, oh, no, that's just the name of the store. What? Well, I'm an American, so I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. It just means that's my religion. Amen. We got to live up to what we say we are. If we call ourselves Christians, we got to live like Jesus did. You say, well, pastor, I can't do that. You're right. You on your own can't do that. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Church, do you realize Jesus in the flesh, lived as a man, 
And do you know, one of the first things we see before he entered the ministry, do you know what they did? He is baptized in water and the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit lit upon him like a dove, and the Father said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Father spoke, Holy Spirit dropped, and the Son of of God was there. The Godhead three in one was present at that baptism. Now, here's the thing that people, they they often confuse as well. Jesus was perfect, but let me tell you something. Philippians chapter 2, you got to read it. Because Philippians chapter 2 says that he gave up his right to act as God on the earth. And what he did, he did as a man baptized in the Holy Spirit, empowered by the third person of the Godhead to do the work that he did. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only, the power that he had, he gave all the glory. He didn't even take any of the glory. He gave it all back to the Father. So he showed us as a man empowered by the Holy Spirit. to. Sh- now, he never ceased being God, but he ceased, he, he, he chose to give up his right to act as God on the earth He chose to live earth on earth as a human being empowered by the Holy Spirit so you and me, you and I can do it. Same way. Well, I got to finish up. Number four. Remain faithful in spite of circumstances. Have you ever gone through one of those times in your life where it feels like your whole world's caving in? Seems like you won't be able to handle another day of calamity. You may have even said this, Lord, if one more thing goes wrong, I'm going to lose it. I have a word for you today. Don't ever give up. Don't Ever, ever, ever give up while you draw breath. Do whatever you have to do to remain faithful. Job was a man who went through an onslaught of evil attacks by Satan, yet he remained faithful. Job 2.3 says this, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless. He's upright. He's a man who fears God. He shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any, any reason. God commended Job for his character. Notice this. He said he's blameless. He said he's upright. He said he feared God. He said he shunned evil. That's a man of integrity. That's a man of character. Character mattered. His character was good. And the fact that he kept his character intact in spite of the best efforts of Satan made him a man of integrity. Notice all that Job lost. He lost his home. He lost his kids. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. But he never gave up on God. And if you feel like you are about ready to give up on God, I want you to take time today to pray and ask God to renew your strength. To rise up like a wing, on wings like eagles. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run, and they won't grow weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. Can somebody say amen? 
remain faithful to God. Why? Because he remains faithful to you. We've all heard the phrase, everybody else is doing it. It's one of those lame rationalizations people use to justify their actions. To be a person of integrity means you're willing to go against the crowd if the crowd's wrong. It means being willing to stand alone if necessary for what's right. It means peer pressure is no pressure at all to you. You see, it's not what other people think about you that counts. It's what God thinks of you that you will care about. Whether that's today or at the end of your life, sooner or later, you will agree that the only thing that counts is what God is going to think and say about you. Two more verses and I close. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 1. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity. Notice that. He walks in it. Than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Proverbs 28.6. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked, though he be rich. So I want to put the caboose on this and close it. Character matters. Has to start with each one of us being deliberate about modeling it. It means making sure that what we say and what we do, no matter what the circumstances, line up with each other. It means making our actions line up with our heart and making sure our heart is in tune with God. Amen? Bow with me today. Lord, today your word has gone forth. It's been planted in our hearts. Now it's between you and us. It's between you and those who've heard it. The sower has sown the word. Satan, I bind you And I tell you, you cannot steal what's been sown. Father, I pray that it will produce in these hearts harvests of good, solid, integrity concerns. I pray, Lord, that the fruit of righteousness will be found, seen, and harvested in each life. I pray, Lord God, that the remnant of your bride rises up in this hour. I pray, Lord, for a nationwide revival that goes into a worldwide revival. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your true followers will be, Lord, talked to and raised up by your Holy Spirit. Empower them, Lord God, to live these last days, Lord, in power and authority and the character of God with integrity, I pray. And all the people in agreement said a big amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Character matters. Have a great week. God bless you. We're going to see you next Sunday. You're dismissed.
Well.